All right, so if you weren't here last week, we started a new series we're calling Starting Point. Basically what we want to do is we're looking at four kind of big ideas that are like the foundations or the basics, if you want to say, of the Christian faith. So last week we looked at this idea of sin. What is sin? What's categorized as sin? And what's the solution to sin? And so basically what we really wanted to get at is that the problem in our relationship with Jesus, the problem in our world is sin. That's the issue we've got, is we've got sin, and there needs to be a way to find a solution. And we talked a little bit towards the end, but I think we'll spend a little more time next week when we talk about Jesus, is that the solution is Jesus offering his forgiveness by sending his son on the cross. So this week what we're going to do, and I'm really excited about this because this is something I've talked to a lot of people about, I've wrestled with myself, but this difference between a relationship and a set of rules. Because I think in all reality, when you talk to somebody, if they don't know anything about Christianity, probably one of the first things they're going to tell you is all you have to do is follow a bunch of rules. You can't have any fun. You're not allowed to do this. You are allowed to do this. You, you can't do that. And so they, they, they just tell you that all you're doing is following a bunch of rules. And nobody likes to be told what to do. It's just the reality. It's who we are. Uh, I was thinking a little bit about this, and when I was a freshman in college, I took this class called Research Writing. And what we had to do is we had to pick a topic that we had to tell our professor, here's our topic, and he had to give us approval. It wasn't even like high school where you just write on whatever you want. He had to approve the topic that we were going to write on. Then we also had to use at least five sources, and he had to approve each of those sources. Here's all these rules that he got set out. So, so I would have to go. He wouldn't even tell us. He pretty much told us if it has anything with .com in it, I'm not going to let you use it. you got to find a book. you got to find a .gov. you got to find a .edu. So I go through and I find my, my sources, and I bring them to He says, these are, these are good. I would probably change this one, but you can use it if you really want to. So I use it on. So we spend the whole semester writing on, and what I wrote on is the impact of the absence of a father. That's what I wrote on. He told us it had to be 15 pages, and it had to include a bibliography and a title page, so really only 13 pages. But if we went much more than 15 pages, we would get points taken off. Because he said, if you can't write what you need to write in 13 pages, you don't need to write more than that. So these were all these rules, so we spent the whole semester writing this paper, all these different guidelines. Me being the great student I am, did not do a single checkpoint the whole semester and so I wrote the entire rough draft the night before it was due and I turned it in turned it in he goes through I write all 13 pages a couple nights before that I had stayed up all night to read these different books just so I could have enough info to write about and so I turned it in I think I got like a C on it he said you know tell me all these things he was he was one of my favorite professors but was really strict on his rules and how he wrote so he gives it back. He says, make these changes. Me being the great student I am, said, all right, I will make these changes. I wait till the day before it's due. Don't look at it again until the day before it's due. And here's the thing on top of this. I went on vacation because we took this, I took this class coming into summer because where I went to school, they had summer classes as well. So I'm taking this in the summer. I'm on vacation. I said, I'm not going to be here when we turn them in. He said, that's fine. But he said, it has to be marked when you send it at 6 o'clock, or I will not grade it. He said, if it's, not, if it's 6.01, you fail. He said, it has to be marked at 6 o'clock. I said, all right. 
So I bring my computer with me on vacation with our family, and we're down at the beach. It's 12 o'clock on the day that it's due. I haven't really touched it very much. I know there were some things I wanted to change, so I said, okay, I'm going to go back to the house while you guys stay down here at the beach, and I'm going to work on this. I worked for the next five hours and 59 minutes. I kid you not. I'm waking all these changes. I'm freaking out. It's 5.30. I'm like, I got a half hour. I still got things I got to change. 5.45, 5.50, 5.55. And I kid you not, at 5.58 or turning to 5.59, I sent that email to turn in my paper. And it was marked at that time. But all it had to take was me not to obey one of these rules, and I would have failed. I would have failed. But he had all these rules set out, and it was not because he wanted to make my life tougher in college. He wanted to show me that there was responsibility you had to have, that you were, you were an adult now. You weren't in high school. If you want to write, you want to pass college, then there needs to be rules set in place that you need to follow. And there was a lot of me that felt like a lot of these rules were unfair. Because why is it that he gets to set all these rules? I don't even have a relationship with you. I know you're my teacher, and I know you have authority over me, but I don't even really know you. I don't have, we don't go out for coffee. We don't grab lunch together. Like I don't have a relationship, and you're telling me what to do, and that if it gets marked at 601, you're not going to grade it? And so I felt like these rules were a little unfair. And I think a lot of times in our life, when we see rules and we have people telling us what to do, we get a little pushback and we get a little uh, kind of frustrated when people try to tell us how to live our life or try to tell us what to do. And I think we just need to take a, take a step back and see, is this how we're treating our relationship with God? Based on what you believe about rules is going to show you how you view God. Based on how you see rules, regulations, commands, that's really going to tell you how you see God. And so we're going to unpack this idea real quickly. Relationship leads to obedience. Relationship leads to obedience. So the first thing, first thing, is that, like I said, when you talk to a lot of people, one of the first things they tell you is that Christianity is just following a bunch of rules. In a sense, that's true. I'm not going to stand up here, excuse me, and tell you it's not true. I would be wrong. There are rules. There are commands that we have to follow. There are things we're allowed to do, the things we're not allowed to do. When you look at your relationship with God right now, how do you see it? How do you see it? You don't have to answer, but think about that. How do you see your relationship with God when specifically we're talking about rules? You see God up there kind of telling you what to do. He says, okay, you need to go to church. You need to read your Bible. You need to not cuss. You need to not lie. You need to not steal. You need to not murder. You need to not drink or smoke or do any of the things that the world's doing. Do you see God coming down like that? Or do you see a relationship with God where you say, yeah, I'm supposed to go to church, not because I have to, but because I want to, and I want to learn more about him, and I want to be around a community of believers. I, I have to read my Bible, but, but not because he's telling me to read it, but because I want to learn more about who God is and how I can be more like him. Do I say I want to be a part of a community, a small group, or have friends here at church that I do life with, not because I want to just have Christian friends, but because I understand the value of community. 
And do you look at, I don't do certain things, not because I'm not allowed, but because ultimately I don't want to hurt the one that loves me. When we see our relationship as a set of rules we have to follow, we have turned Christianity into a religion. When you start to see that that I have to just follow a bunch of rules, we start to see a bunch of religion coming out. Religion in all of its sense, in a basic sense, is just a set of rules, guidelines, kind of practices that you have to follow. We're all about a relationship when it comes to Christianity. You want to look at, real quickly, some of these religious people. Matthew 23, if you want to turn there, I'm only going to read a couple verses. Matthew 23, verses 25 through 28. This is Jesus. He's talking to the religious, quote-unquote, leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees at this time. And it's called the woes. And some of your translations will probably say at the top, seven, the, uh, seven woes or something like that. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. But he's basically going at these religious leaders saying, all you do is talk about rules and how good you are and how great you are and how many rules you haven't broken and showing off in front of people. And this is what he says in verses 25 through 28. He says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. What sorrow awaits you, you teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and sorts of impurity. Outwardly you look righteous, but... Inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. We're going to turn just like two religious leaders, Pharisees, Sadducees, people that on the outside, we look really nice. That each one of you, if you walk around, you don't lie, you don't cheat, you don't steal. You see this as I got to follow all these rules and I don't do anything wrong. On the outward, you're going to look great to everybody else. But when... This religion, Christianity, that's a relationship, becomes all about religion, a set of rules, a set of practices to follow. You're going to look just like the Pharisees. I mean, the Pharisees in that day, people saw them as the greatest people, the most religious people. And Jesus, the most religious person of all, that, that, that had such a heart for people, he cared for people, he loved people, he accepted everybody approaches the most, most religious people and says, you got it wrong. It's not about a bunch of rules. People see on the outside you look great, but I see your heart and it's dirty. It's going to be all based on performance the moment you think this relationship is about following a set of rules. How many rules can I follow? How many can I not break this week? How many can I not break today? It's not about your performance. We're going to look great on the outside, but disgusting on the inside. So for a lot of the first year of marriage, second year of marriage, even up till now, not as much, um, but at the very first year of our marriage, on the outward side, um, if if you looked at me and Shannon, you would probably say we had a great relationship, everything was going dandy. And, and so on the outside, our relationship looks amazing. And no, I'm not going to tell you some weird twist that our relationship was not good. It was good. But here's an interesting thing for you. So in, in some of the first year that we were married, what she, she loves to do is snuggle. 
I'm not a snuggler. I, I don't like to snuggle, especially when I go to sleep. I don't know if I shared this it's either with you guys or young adults. When I go to bed, I want to go to bed. That's it. I don't want to snuggle. I don't want hugs. I just want to go to bed. That's why I lay down to go to bed. She likes to snuggle. So what I used to do, I kid you not, is she would say, hey, let's snuggle. I want like two minutes. I'd say, okay. So I'd start, and then as soon as I start snuggling, I start counting in my head. I go one, two, three. And as soon as it hit two minutes, I would pull away and I'd roll back over. And she would always get mad at me. And she'd say, well, why? Just a little bit longer. I said, it was two minutes. That's what you said. Can you imagine if our entire relationship was all about following rules? That I just saw it as something I had to do. And so she said two minutes, that's the limit. And so I set two minutes in my head and that's it. Our relationship would not be very good because now it's based on performance, not because of my heart and and how much I love her. And I trust me today, that's not how it is. I give her five minutes, okay? But, but that's not how a relationship works. You don't say, you know, just, just come snuggle for like two minutes. And then the moment you set the clock, you're like, okay, it's all based now on the rules, the regulations, the guidelines. This is what it's supposed to be, and that's all I'm going to do. Your relationship won't be very good. Rules make Jesus attainable. If all we had to do was follow rules, we don't need Jesus. Why would we need him? There'd be no sin. Here's the rules, so don't just follow them and everything's good. But that's the problem. Jesus isn't attainable because sin entered into the world. And if all we had to do was follow a bunch of rules to get into heaven, it'd be a lot easier. But that's exactly the opposite of what Christianity is. Christianity is a relationship. It's about a relationship. If you don't have a a relationship, you don't have the authority to set rules. Can you imagine? Can you imagine just for a second? Let's say one of your guys' parents come up and say something to our daughter. Hey, don't do that. You're not allowed to do that. Don't you think that would be kind of weird? Like, they don't have a relationship with my daughter. They don't know what our guidelines are for their daughter. They don't know what she's allowed to do and what she's not allowed to do. That would probably be a little weird. Or just imagine some random person in the church came up to you and said, hey, you're not allowed to do that. She doesn't really have the authority to set those rules, or he doesn't really have the authority to set those rules because there's no relationship. I'm not going to listen to you. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my mom. You say that all the time to people. You're not my mom. You're not my dad. You can't tell me what to do. My mom and dad have a relationship with me. They can tell me what to do. You can't tell me what to do. How do we know that Jesus establishes once a relationship over rules? Just look at Exodus. Exodus chapter 20, it's the Ten Commandments. I'm not going to read through the Ten Commandments, but this is very interesting, and it, it opened my eyes a little bit this week as we look at talking about it's about a relationship, not about a religion. Jesus says this in the beginning of the Ten Commandments. Oh, God says this, sorry. He says, then God gave the people all these instructions. Get this, because I think it's, it's crucial, and we don't talk about this a lot when we talk about the Ten Commandments. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. And then he goes from there and starts giving you all the rules. You say, Taylor, what's so big about that verse? Here's what Jesus does before he gives you rules. He establishes the relationship. I am the Lord your God. 
who rescued you. So not only does he establish who he is, he's your authority, he's the God of your life, he wants a relationship, he cares about you, he loves you, he did something for you to show his love, he rescues the Israelites out of captivity from Egypt, says, I've rescued you and I've asked nothing in return. Relationships give expecting nothing in return. That's how relationships work. And Jesus says, I gave and didn't ask anything in return. I rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. And then he gives us a bunch of rules. He says, I want you to understand there's a relationship here first. I don't just want you to follow a bunch of rules that will get you to follow me. No, 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 no. I want you to follow me and then follow these rules because out of your love and care and obedience for me, you're going to want to follow what I have for you. And that's what he does. Once you establish the relationship, you have the ability to establish rules. It's just like my mom in high school. They, they always had a rule that like after 9 o'clock or so, we weren't allowed to turn the Xbox on. But we had the Xbox in our room. So there was one time that we, they all went to bed. It was like 10 o'clock. We couldn't fall asleep. So me and my brother, we get up. It's like 10.30 or something. We start playing. We play till like 2 or 3 in the morning. Go to sleep for like two hours, get up, and we go to school. And I was so tired the next day. At the moment, at the time, I felt like, well, I don't want to follow a bunch of rules. Who cares if I play video games all night? She wasn't giving me this rule just so I, I wouldn't play Xbox all night. It's because she understood the effects of what my decisions would make. And so instead of me just listening, even though I couldn't sleep, I could have found, talked to my brother because we shared a room for 18 years. I could have, whatever it was, I just decided to disobey the rules and I paid the consequences because I just didn't listen. And, and I should have looked at the relationship that my mom has with me. She's my mom. She knows. So she has the ability to see and give me those rules. Jesus wanted us to see that Christianity is a relationship that breeds obedience. And out of that obedience, we grow more and more like him. It all starts with this relationship we have with him. Understanding what his son did on a cross for me and for you because he loved us so much. And he said, this is what I want. I want you in a relationship with me. And what I want you to also understand is it's not about a bunch of rules. I don't want you to not lie, cheat, steal, murder, all these things, and then follow me. I want you to fall so deeply in love with me that that's all that matters. And out of that love you have for me, you follow these rules because you desire to be more like me. It's just like I respect my dad more than anything. And I don't just follow his rules because he tells me I love and care for my dad and I want to be more and more like my dad because he set a godly example. And so I follow the way that he does his life because I want to be more like him. Jesus, we follow what he tells us to do, not because we have to, but because we want to be more like him. Jesus didn't say follow these rules. And you'll get in. He just says, whoever believes, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that whoever believes, you don't have to follow something, you just have to believe. John 1, 12 also uses this word believe. We're going to fall short. We're going to sin. We're going to mess up. So if it's all about rules, we're never going to accomplish it. We need somebody who's better than we are. And so the moment you can shift that it's not about rules, it's about a relationship. 
the more you're going to be loving, understanding this relationship with him because that's what he wants. If me and Shannon just had a bunch of rules for each other, we'd never have a relationship. We'd just be together. But we love each other, and so out of that, we choose to follow certain guidelines and rules so we don't hurt each other, so we show love to each other, and that's what a relationship is all about. So as I close with this, there's a house, I think it's out in California, called the Hype House. I don't know if any of you know what that is. Basically what this is called, this Hype House, is it's a house that a bunch of influencers, creators, Instagrammers, YouTubers all live in. They all live, TikTokers, all live in this house together. A bunch of young people that live together. But here's some very interesting rules. I wrote these down because they, they have them on the internet. So I just looked up Hype House rules. Here's the six rules that they have to follow and that the moment they don't follow them, they can be asked to leave. Number one, create content at all times. Create content at all times. So these influencers, content creators, have to create content at all time. I was reading on there that they even will be up till two or three in the morning sometimes, keep creating content and then be back up at seven or eight again. Rule number one, no, rule number two, no parties at the Hype House. They're allowed to party, they're allowed to do whatever they want, they're not allowed to have any parties at the Hype, hype House. Number three, have, this is very interesting to me, have to pass the vibe check. Do they get along with the other people? Do they mesh well with the other people in the house? If they don't, then they, they won't be asked to stay. Have to be 18 years old. They're encouraged to collaborate with others that are living in the house, so to make content with other people. And you break it, you buy it. And it says they have 15 days to replace anything that they break. So if I break a lamp, I got 15 days to replace it or they can be asked to leave. When you look at these set of rules, what really these people are doing is living in a house that's based on the rules that are set up. They're not living there because they're excited to live with a bunch of people. They're probably excited to create content. They're excited to be with some of their friends. But in all reality, they're living there based on a set of rules. And that at any moment they break a rule, they can be asked to leave. Can you imagine if our relationship with Jesus was like that? You're not allowed to lie. The moment you lie, you're out. You're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to murder. Murder, you're out. Commit adultery, you're out. We'd all be out. We all are sinful. But Jesus doesn't operate like that. Understand that it's about a relationship and that Jesus doesn't care if you mess up. What he cares about is that you see that you've messed up, you confess that, and he forgives you, and that he wants to just build a relationship with you. We've got to start shifting our minds from this is a bunch of rules we have to follow, that we, we fall in love with Jesus and enter into a relationship, and out of that relationship, it breeds obedience. Relationship breeds obedience.